You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Time for some Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson. Hey, David Cohen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I have my volumes too low, but other than that, I just cranked that up a little bit. So I should be good now. <laughs> Sound a bit sinusy. I am a little sinusy. I'm, it's year round for me. It looks like it's snowing pretty good here right now, which, yeah, yeah I don't care. <laughs> Sequoia will get me through. I'm not working today, so I don't care how much it snows. It's tomorrow that I care about when I have to drive all the way to Kalamazoo. You know, if it gets nasty, that's always fun. So how far is that from you? In good weather, I could take I-94, Interstate 94, and it takes me um, roughly, it's 35 miles. So anywhere from mm, 40 to 45 minutes tops, Mm -hmm. but sometimes less. Depending on construction, they're rebuilding a whole big part of 94 right now. In traffic, in weather, and if it gets bad, I go the back way, and that's a minimum of an hour, Mm -hmm. hour and a half if it's really, really bad. But... I can always pull over if I go the back way and pee. So that's why I stay off the highway in, in congested traffic. You never know. Um, Indeed. Uh, when you get older. One of, the, one of the facets of getting older they don't tell you about is yes. your blood shrinks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer they need to build a whole lot more places to, um, you know, relieve yourself. Well, maybe they need to build it into the cars now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I like that idea. You can get the com the comfort the comfort option. Well, just ask the um, the the UPS and the uh, Amazon drivers. Yeah, exactly. or factory workers. You know, they they seem to got it down pretty good. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about. Uh, I I'm going to jump right into this. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife finally hit digital. I did not go to the theaters to see it, even though I really wanted to. But that was well, you know, pandemic. You know, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I waited for it to come out on digital and it was really difficult for me not to click any links when it first came out. I didn't want any spoilers and I did a very good job of not seeing any spoilers well, or reading could, about them. To be honest with you, it, it kind of, uh, and this is slightly a pandemic related thing, but it kind of slipped by. It kind of did. Yeah. Because stuff is not. <clears throat> appearing mainstream in the theaters yeah there's not a lot of coverage of these movies as they come out with the exception of spider-man and that the only coverage that about that is is how much money it's made so um, this one slipped yeah. by and it, and it got i got some middling reviews that, which, that i was aware yeah which um surprised me especially having seen the product because i think it's actually really good i think it's probably the second best ghostbusters movie the first one is by far the best. Yeah. This is better than Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah. This, so <clears> this, the, I think the thing that impressed me most about this, and by the way, it passed my acid test, which is my wife watched it and really liked it. Yep. Um, this is the, the reason I think this is such a great movie, and also I think the reason why it's got middling reviews, because a lot of the people reviewing it aren't that familiar with the original. This is just what we used to get, which is a good proper straight sequel to the original movie right no world building no um apart from really you know they're kind of very very minor stuff no um attempt to set up a new franchise or a new world it was just basically let's take the original the best things of the original movie and let's just make a pure sequel to it where the story makes sense in the context of the original movie it has fan service it has development of the stuff you saw in the first movie, but it's done purely in service of the original story. And that is why, to me, it's so successful. This, is, to me, is like a a perfect sequel for a movie that happened quite a long time ago. Yeah, 1984, um, the original yeah. Ghostbusters came out. Now, you say no world building or setting up a universe or anything like that. <clears throat> I agree with you through the main proper part of the movie but that's not true for the end credits yeah but but it's so minor it's just something they've done it, it i don't i mean well the thing is what the difference is is that many movies nowadays will spend a good part of the plot really kind of shoving in your face that these are the new people and they're going to take over and they're being lined up to take over to the point that you almost see the beginning of the next adventure before the end of the movie this is the way they used to do 
sequels, which yep. is just something right at the end that suggests, oh, we could go somewhere else with this. This feels like it could have came out in 1986 or seven. I, I think this would have been a far, I mean, yes and no. I, I, I know the, the story plots, it, yeah. ha, it dictates it has to happen in the future. But in the future, yeah. They could but, have done uh, something very similar. Yeah, they it could. could have just been five years later. Uh, and this, let's no make no bones about it. Ghostbusters Two sucked. Mm-hmm. It was really awful. It was, um, and it's actually what poisoned most of the people who were involved with it from doing right. another movie. It, apparently, um, they all fell out during the making of Ghostbusters Two because they were having such a terrible time, and also the movie was really heavily influenced by studio interference. So a lot of it was reshot. Um, and none of the reshoots really helped save the script. But they did it because the studio wanted a sequel because they wanted more money. Uh, and um, it really was a bad experience for all of them. And it was the principal reason why Bill Murray said he wouldn't do another one. Um, and despite the fact that it was in turnaround and it was in development for many, many years... They couldn't get everyone together because they'd all had such a bad experience. And remember, then, this was an Ivan Reichman movie originally. Yeah, yeah, and, and this, this and this one's been done by his son with heavy influence from his dad. Exactly, he was and, there and every it, step of the way, and his son literally went to the original cast, pitching him on the idea. Yeah, and I think I think that's part of the reason this is such a successful sequel is because um, I think that there's not too much fan service in it. But the thing is, it's clearly been made by people, everyone involved, who love the original and and really are, they're not trying to serve the original with fan service, they just want to be respectful to the original. And that's what makes it such a good continuation of the story. And it just bookends yeah. so nicely. I think um, that, you know, some spoilers here, um, the new cast is fabulous. Yeah, I was looking forward to it because I really like paul rudd or uh yeah paul rudd paul does rudd, he yeah. does he ever age by the way <laughs> he's a he's he's some kind of a mutant or something he doesn't age i i just watched a movie not too long ago 20 years ago and i'm like he freaking looks the same what the hell is yeah. going on i mean maybe a little bit more of a receding hairline but other than that jesus christ i want to get on his diet um i knew i was going to like it probably because paul rudd's in it and i haven't seen too many movies with him that I didn't enjoy. There's something about him as an actor. I just, I dig him. He's cool. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of curious about the kids. Now, one of them, I had a feeling would do what, pretty well because he's in Stranger Things. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can see him in Ghostbusters. Um, but the little girl who, by the way, in the trailers, I thought was a boy. I mean, yeah. just the way his hair is, but it's a her. Yeah. She, to me, was the breakout star. She oh, was absolutely, absolutely yeah. fantastic. I completely bought into she is definitely egon's granddaughter yeah he, he yeah, she acts like him she kind of looks like him yeah. she's got his curiosity she understands technology she's way smarter than everybody around her just like egon was yeah. um you know and she's egon is the heart and soul of the original ghostbusters it wasn't bill murray no it was egon yeah and it, it, she just man i I, I don't know if I've ever seen her or anything. She doesn't really look familiar, but man, she just knocked I, I it out of the park. I, uh, just from from what what, I, what I'm looking at on her um, Wikipedia page, that she does she's not done the sort of stuff you would have seen. She's uh, she's been in a, 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 a Young and the Restless and that sort of thing. But also as well as most of the time, she doesn't look like she looks in this movie. So um, well, she did a great job. She's got a bright future as an actress. If she oh, yeah, can, she's really good. She's really good. So super impressed with her. The subplot with the um, older kid, the one from Stranger Things, and his crush on a girl was entertaining, if not a little clumsy, but that was okay. Yeah. But well, again, I, I like the see, many many movies, many Hollywood movies. They he would he's the biggest child star mm-hmm. because he's been in Stranger Things. They would have revolved it around them. Yes, and it and would they have did been it. a much worse yep. movie for the for the because it would have been the same. It's been done many yep. many times. And they yeah. went the opposite direction. I yeah. do like the fact that the casting felt very realistic. Like the mom looks like a mom. She's not some hot yeah. Megan Fox chick, you know, that yeah. Paul Rudd's character has kind of a crush on. She, she's not particularly all that attractive. Yeah. She's not ugly. Don't get me wrong. But 
she looks worn down. She well, looks yeah, like she's, she's, very, she's she's very believable in yes, the role. Yes, she yeah. she was great. Um, yeah. So the cast was great. The setting I thought was perfect. I loved that it is a direct. It's Egon is taking care of business and he passes yeah. away. The ending though, when the original Ghostbusters come back in uniform really hammers home that it's been a long time oh yeah because they looked old as hell especially bill murray i was like Ugh. he yeah. he even looked better when he was a uh, um pretending to be a zombie in zombie land <laughs> he looked better there than he did yeah. in this i was like that's pretty rough dude but that's okay he, he wasn't trying to hide how uh, old he actually is no and let's let's not let's not forget i mean uh, one of the things that you and i often talk about forgetting is is how long ago this was this was 37 years ago yeah ghostbusters you know and they weren't exactly you know kids um, well they weren't in their 20s then right yeah so in some respects not surprising i'm glad that they were able to do this while those guys are still around it's uh, yeah if they're gonna do a direct sequel and look I know some people will think that you're sh- Tim. You, know, you didn't even mention the the all girl Ghostbusters. It was oh, atrocious. Well, it was, it was really bad. Here's the problem, and I can sum it up, and you'll be like, "Yep, that's the problem." Think about each role the original characters played in the first movie. Okay. Yeah. Now think about the all girl cast. They all tried to be the funny one. Yeah. And but, that well, doesn't well, work. They can't all be the funny one. Bill so, Murray was the funny yeah. one. Dan Aykroyd yeah. was not the funny one. He was the overeager, taking it way too serious. Then you had the scientific one that's trying to ground it. And then you had uh, the black guy. I can't think of his name. Ernie something. Ernie, Hudson. Ernie Hudson, yeah. He was the Everything. one that we saw the movie through. He was the yeah, everyday the guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the girls, everybody was the funny one. Everyone so, tried to play the funny role. And you can't. There was no development. It was just boring. It, it well, didn't work. It, yeah. It was a bit. It was a beat by beat remake with four comedians instead of um, right as you say just one and actually the funniest person in that movie was the guy we weren't expecting the reception. to be funny which was which chris hemsworth exactly the guy who plays thor the receptionist who was phenomenal he was great actually, in it i did i did enjoy the 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 ghostbusters reboot i enjoyed but watching it, was, it but it, it has no very, replay value yeah no, well, that, well, that's what i'm about to say i enjoyed it but it, it was extremely formulaic and you know massively over effects heavy towards keep the talking for a minute i gotta go yeah. move a cat uh and and this is what our afterlife didn't do it has special effects and all of that but it wasn't uh you know the huge cgi fest that you get in the that you get in these other modern movies you know this third act that's so crammed with cgi um and very often in fact i was i just saw a snippet of a um uh, of an animation kind of uh, YouTube video about uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And they talked about how, because of changes in the plot, there were whole areas of the third act where they had to take even the actors out and do everything in CGI to reflect changes that have been made in the plot. And, of course, that's that's where these movies fall down, is that, effectively, the, the third, the, the big final climactic battles turns into a video game where there's so much going on, you can't really kind of engage with it at all and again this is something that this movie completely nailed the third act was believable you felt the threat was there you felt that the the stakes were high and everything but you could see what was going on because it wasn't just a huge massive cgi fest Uh, and everything was being played practically rather than everybody in the scene being replaced with a computer animation you know and, and and i think this is where these movies fall down in these third acts now is that they have this they spend this enormous budget on the end of it and you're just watching a video animation yeah uh, and we watch that every day on our computers we don't need to see it in the movie theater we want to see real actors act so and, um you know the, yeah this this is and and they didn't do the they didn't do anything where they tried to de-age the actors no they, thank they, goodness the old guys yeah the the whole thing as well that really hit for, hit for me is that Obviously, anybody who's followed Ghostbusters knows that, as I was saying, it took them years to try and get a reboot together. Uh, Bill Murray was the holdout. And one of the reasons why was him and Harold Ramis had had a fallout when they did Groundhog Day. Yep. And they hadn't spoken to each They literally didn't speak to each other for 20 years. And then Bill Murray went to see him just before he died. 
uh, and kind of set things straight. And even that is reflected in this movie. It is. Because it's part of the plot. And and again, it makes it... it be, because that actually happened, it makes the way they kind of end, end the movie when um, they've got kind of a... Uh, they've got somebody playing Harold Ramis and they've mapped his face on everything when he's a, when he's a ghost. Which, uh, by the way, did, were, didn't that choke you up just a tiny bit? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I'm, that's I this mean, is what I'm saying. The wow. fact that they did that kind of caused... And it was believable. Well, because it actually happened. Yeah. Because they didn't speak to him for... The, Bill Murray didn't speak to him for so long. And there was their poignancy about the fact that they've done now done this movie and he can't be there because he died. Yep. Uh, to, you know, it, it, to me, it made the whole thing far more realistic and poignant. Oh, I agree. It really landed the ending of the movie really well. I, I like the little subtle things. Like when the girl's looking in, the, in, in a lamp just subtly moves to shine on something. Yeah. The way they kind of gave personality to those little lamps and things that would move around. But again, was so well done. It was done that all of that was done with practical, practical effects. Exactly. It wasn't done with CGI. It was done with puppeteers. And those are the guys who are experts at giving inanimate objects personality. Yeah. And it and it worked. It yeah, 100%. Just really really worked. So I'm going to give Ghostbusters Afterlife a, a great score i would say it's an a i'm not gonna oh, say a plus but it's an a easily yeah, I, I i would say and also it's the sort of thing where if you haven't seen the original for a long time it probably be worth watching the pair of them back to back i would agree with that you know, you know and a lot of the ideas in this like you know even though it's parts of it are almost like a beat the, the beats hit the same way as they did in the original movie it's done in because it's done in a different way it's really kind of clever the idea, for instance, uh, you know, in the first movie, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is enormous and he's a big threat. And here they f- they they find a way of still making the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man a threat, even while it's completely obvious, o- opposite. It's so clever. The facial expressions you know? that Paul Rudd gives. And remember, he's done actually looking at these little stay because that was all CGI, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Was just spot on perfect. It just was. Yeah. Yeah. So... If you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, go go watch it. It's on the streaming services now. Definitely recommend it. It's definitely one of the better movies that's come out, especially for a sequel. Um, Let's move on to something that Dave and I is going to disagree with. So if you haven't been watching The Book of Boba Fett, now is not the time to listen to the show because we're going to talk about it and it's going to be spoilery. Uh, As we record this, four episodes have dropped. Have you seen all four? I have seen the first three. I've not seen episode four yet, but don't Jeez, worry. Jeez, I tell you, you get one assignment. You must have been terrible in school. Never did your homework. Well, you do what? Well, the one assignment was watching the two-hour movie, and I watched it. <laughs> so we got um, the book of Boba Fett. Um, I won't talk about the the fourth one because you haven't seen it yet. But my problem with this movie so far, or this show so far, is. I, I'm not. It picks up right after Return of the Jedi. He gets swallowed by the Sarlacc, and then he gets out, and that was fine and dandy. That made sense. Was, there's only really one way they could have done that, unless he was rescued. Um. And then he's taken in by the Sand People. What you don't really get is that he lived with them for five years. Because that's how long the Mandalorian is after Return of the Jedi. It's been five years. You never, you never feel that it's been that long. So they did a terrible job of showing time passing. It feels like it's been about a week. So that was bad. He goes in. So this entire series so far has been going back in time to show them where they got to, to the end of the Mandalorian. And it took them four episodes basically to get there. And going forward, obviously, they're going to stop going back in time because now that they've shown where he's at, you don't need to see anything beyond that, right? So I don't believe that he walked in, killed everyone, and took over uh, Jabba's palace, and now he's the ultimate badass on Tatooine. It Uh, None of that works. Well, I agree that doesn't work, but that's not what the story's trying to sell you. But it doesn't even make sense what they have done. So, okay, now he is the head guy, right? Yep. Why? He just walked in and took over. But there's two of them. Who the hell is going to be scared of two guys? And he keeps getting his ass kicked left and right. 
so so I think this is this is I think where you and I differ on this, right? I'm seeing this as halfway through a movie that we haven't seen the end of yet. Obviously, I think the the story they're going for here is here is somebody who was a ruthless bounty hunter, yeah, and ultimately being a ruthless bounty hunter nearly killed him, and I think this is you're seeing and th- and then the the also the fact that he discovered through the five years with the sand people which, i agree it's not very clear how long he was there which is I bad see, well I, I i think i think you're meant to infer from the development he sees going from a prisoner to all of that that it's not a week um <laughs> but it, it, it's some period of time that, that effectively he becomes part of their tribe and you know the whole business with the beating stick um i don't know what it's called i call it the beating stick um uh, him him going on the the vision quest and getting the wood for the beating stick that then gets molded into the beating stick is meant to imply that you know effectively he over a period of time he became part of the tribe and and I think the story the book I, of Boba I got Fett, all that the yeah, dances the was of, with wolves is yeah, clear exactly. but the book the book of Boba Fett is basically a story about how somebody who has has is effectively he's trying a completely different approach to life. Oh, I get and that, it, and it, how it's working out for him. It's just now, so clumsily and badly well, written, the, and badly bit, shot, and the CGI well, is on, just we'll let, atrocious. Let, right. So let let's take one criticism at a time. So I think I agree the pacing is a little bit uneven, and also as well there is a slight problem in that. It's trying to portray him as somebody who's changed, and yet nobody in the universe he lives in, which is this terrible... I saw something online with someone said, what what's the deal with... Tatooine's just the worst place in the world. Why does anybody even want to do anything there? Yeah. Um, it, 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 obviously, he's he's got this new approach, and uh, the idea is to contrast that with the fact that, that on Tatooine, everybody lives by intense violence. And they're all mystified by what he's trying to do. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't seem uh, credible that um, people would let him continue to walk around like he's the new hut when, in fact, he isn't. Obviously, he keeps on being attacked and all of that. But but by the same token, the the attacks are and uh, are not credible in that. You, yes, the real way that anybody will want to take over will be to march a whole load of guys out to the palace and just basically kill everyone, rather than these, you know, assassination attempts and you know the one guy infiltrating and all of that. You just think, well, why would anybody do that? Just send an army because, as you say, there's only a few of them in that palace. Send an army out there and just shoot the place up. We're at um, this point in the story, the whole thing is him, an assassin. And then a Barbie bank, a teenager Barbie bike gang. I mean, well, uh, yeah, it's a joke. It's uh, awful. So, so, yeah, I see what uh, the point is. I'm I'm waiting for the payoff of all of. You're going to get some of it in episode four, but it only, quite honestly, well, it, it's really hard to say this without breaking too much. I don't want to give anything away. I'm not going to give you any plot points, but no, it won't, well, the the. the, the I mean, it's perfectly clear that the plot of this is everybody he encounters is initially his enemy, and then they join him. I mean, this this is what's happening in every single episode. Right. And obviously, by the end of it, and it, and in some respects, that's kind of like the Mandalorian as well. But the difference with the Mandalorian was the these were people he could call on when he needed. Whereas in the Book of Boba Fett, everybody kind of moves into the palace. It's like one big happy crime family, um, and. They're trying to say, look, this this new approach he's got is working and um, there's going to be the big payoff. Now, I'm prepared to stick with it to wait for that big payoff. I am, too. And, I'm not going to stop yeah. watching it, but there's so I have so many criticisms of it that yeah. it's but really now, hard to get past. It just I don't I, I agree with you that uh, that the prob the, one of the problems I do have with it is the episode with the biker gang. The, I, I completely re, re, agree with you that the the um, the design of the biker gang, the um, chase with the biker gang, yeah, was it, not only was it badly done from a CGI perspective, it was meant to be really exciting. It was boring. It was also, it was worse than boring. It was and it, funny and also, when it wasn't it was, supposed to yeah, be funny. It, it yeah, it just it, the point is the whole. I think the problem is they got so enamored with the concept of the biker gang. The problem is this is a western. They don't fit in. 
and they stick out like a sore thumb. I think that's part of the problem with that chase sequence. I, I think probably the CGI in itself was okay. There were a couple of ropey bits. When, I think when the, the problem is the, the ultimate ultimate concept of kind of like a 50s-style biker gang chasing down a guy in a speeder through through a, a Tatooine city just doesn't re- it doesn't work it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't fit with the environment and it and that really stuck out with the sore thumb i think so it, just, it was that, worse those, than that, that because it was also the acting if you yeah. see when the when the mayor's major domo is in the land speeder trying to get away and these teenagers on barbie bikes are chasing him Number one, yes, the CGI is just so off. None of the bikes or the anything had any kind of weight. It was all kind of floaty. It just looked awful. Um, the design of the bikes was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It's it's John Favreau should just be embarrassed about that. Um, but worse than that is the reactions yeah. of the major domo as he's and he keeps looking to the left and looking to the right. It almost looked like a fifties comedy it was so yeah. bad so so I cole think, and i were laughing about it at a time you're not supposed to be laughing well alexander and i when we watched it we just both say when it finished we just said oh well, that didn't really work did it oh um, worse than that know? it was and, it and was it was insulting to anybody think, who likes star wars it was think, awful who is who is that guy who plays the major domo um, he's some, he's yeah some, he's been in bit roles a long long time right okay so i think that part of the problem is that is that they've given they gave that character far too much screen time absolutely he works he works very well as the obsequious guy who's going to lie to you about exactly. how this guy is they even played that gag too much because yep. they did it once and it worked and then they did it again just before the chase sequence started and you're just like you're rolling your eyes going what this this crap again exactly you know full well that really what what would have happened is that Fennec Shand would have just shot that guy through the heart and just said get out of my way yeah um, it's the writing is just not on point yeah. at all and, I get also, what they're trying to do yeah. but what they're trying to do and what they're actually doing is so far apart it's almost unforgivable for the same team that gave us the Mandalorian this is a joke this is really I, I know that you're trying to give it a chance David and I'm going to watch the whole thing yeah. don't get me wrong this is really bad. The writing is really bad. The pacing is atrocious. The design is terrible. And it's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. None of it does. Right. Why would this uh, yeah. planet full of hardened criminals give one book about Boba Fett and one chick in this giant palace that they clearly can't even keep anybody out of? If anybody wants, it's just the two of them. Yeah, and then well, one of the yeah. first people they recruit is a bunch of nobody teenagers on Barbie bikes. There, well, and people are going to take them serious. Something happens re- in episode he, four that uh, goes, re- well, okay, well that's a little that's different. Yeah. Um, recruited the Gamorreans. Don't remember. The, don't forget. Well, that. who cares? They're two piglet guys that are slow, clumsy. It, well, yeah. So it's so stupid. It's just I, bad. You got to admit, it's been. So far, as a whole, through episode three, it gets a little bit better in episode four, but I have some big problems with that, too. Uh, it's just bad. I, it's I, just bad. I just, I, th- I think, uh, well, I, I, I think the part of the criticism is going to be, it, it, cl- it looks clear to me that um, they brought Boba Fett into the, into the Mandalorian, uh, and um, obviously everybody got very excited. Yep. Uh, and he really worked there. Yeah. Well, he was a badass and, in that. Yeah, exactly. And he's and getting so, his ass kicked in his own so series they, left and right. It's a they ov- yeah. Well, they obviously decided at that point. Well, let's do a, a, a series with him in it. And and I think part of the problem with this show is that it's been put together a little bit too quickly. Um, and maybe that is showing in some of the in some of the writing and some of the choices they've made. Um, I, I to be honest with you, I think it was a mistake to take Boba Fett to Tatooine. Um, I think they should have moved him off Tatooine and had him I agree. doing something else. Yeah. Because we we just, you know, the the problem is the Tatooine looks too similar to the sets of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Because we've spent a lot of time there. It's time. Well, we've made this criticism before. There's a whole universe, and we keep in, going in back the, to this the, boring the gala- planet. Yeah, the whole galaxy, and yet everything seems to end up on. If it's not Tatooine, it's somewhere that looks just like Tatooine. It's always in the desert, and it's just like please. Um, 
you know um that's that's i think is is part of the problem and and, and it's a wider problem the star wars universe it only has three or four locations star wars it has an ice planet it has a sand planet it has a jungle and it has uh, a super tech city with loads of cars flying in the sky apparently those are the only places that exist in the star wars galaxy yeah um and that is not good no but um yeah it's bad i I do agree with you that that um this is much less quality than the mandalorian is yeah I'm, i'm not going for that i'm prepared to give it a chance um, I'm giving a so chance. I'm, I'm giving yeah. it every opportunity to show me this badass bounty hunter that. And let's be honest, nobody wants to see Boba Fett become the good guy. Oh, I've, I've, you know, I've yeah. gone through the dances with wolves, and I'm going to try oh, a, a peaceful oh, way. And in that, in that, that regard, I suspect you might be disappointed. Uh, I think, I think these redemption arcs are what motivates a lot of things in the Star Wars universe. Yes, but nobody wants to see it from again, again. Yeah, but nobody wants to see it with Boba Fett. Everybody yeah. wants to Boba Fett to be a badass, and he was in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and and I, I still maintain, you know, as I've said to you earlier and i think we said said the last time when we talked about the first episode that this this is going to be a series where he's going to try this way and he's really going to try and stick to it and eventually he's going to realize he can't and he's going to explode and it's then it's going to be badass but i suspect that might only be the final episode i yeah and then you're and mando's going to show up and han solo is going to show up How much you want to bet? I would bet you a hundred bucks that Han Solo oh, well, shows up in well, some respect or another. I may, maybe I'd, I'd be interested to see see where it goes. But I think I think the real problem with this is that they've taken the idea they had for the book of Boba Fett and they, and they've stretched it over too many episodes, and yep. that's why it's so uneven. I mean, what is kind of dorky is that every time he needs to speak to one of these uh, crime people. You know, him and his crew kind of wander into town all together. Right. <laughs> you know, and even the thing with, and and th- this is a frequent criticism of of superhero things, um, and it's something that the Mandalorian really nailed is the fact that he's wearing the armor. Yeah, the armor is what gives you the toughness and the mystique. Right. And yet he takes off the, the damn helmet every five minutes. Every time he goes to see somebody, he takes the helmet off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All the mystery's like, gone. No, yeah, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. And guess what? In the original movies, he never took the helmet off. I'm going to spoil one thing in the fourth episode. Right. At the end of the episode, he tells the one chick, there's a, a benefit for everyone thinking he's dead. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in like two or three times in the movie, he tells someone, I am Boba Fett. Yeah, no, when he says that, he says that at the end of the fourth dead. episode, and tr- and my my son, the fourteen year old, goes, "The why he keeps telling everybody he's Boba Fett? That's stupid." <laughs> and Julie started laughing. It's pretty bad when the, your wife starts laughing at something your fourteen points out. Yeah, that the uh, script well, has so many freaking inconsistencies well, that, and holes is, in it. Yeah, that's a big problem. It's like who is doing this? That is is is. Because of the armor he wears, which is iconic, it looks nothing like Mando's armor. It's always everybody knew Boba Fett as the guy who wore that particular style of armor. Yep. Right. So if he's wandering around, not only announcing he's Boba Fett, but wearing that armor all the time, everyone's going to go, "Oh, well, you know, we just saw this plot in um, Hawkeye where somebody's wearing the suit, and everyone goes, that badass is back. Yeah. Got to do something about that. Not, oh, he's dead. Must be somebody else. Right." It, there's, I'm hoping it gets better, but I guarantee you Mando's going to show up. I guarantee you Solo, in some respects, is going to show up because he's alive during this filming. Yeah. Um, whether they get Han Solo or the new kid that played Han Solo, which I don't think you'll ever see him in Han Solo or, again. Well, maybe the uh, CGI will be broken out again. They will. Oh, it'll be. It'll be. I guarantee you it's probably going to be. So I'm not guaranteeing this. It's probably going to be Harrison Ford, and they're going to de-age him. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go, ugh, can't they just stop going back to the well with these characters? I guarantee you it's going to happen. Guarantee it. Because they brought Luke into Mando, so now they're going to have to bring Han into Boba Fett. So I'm disappointed so far. I hope they turn it around. I really, re- I, dude, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. 
I know. I'm rooting for this to be good, and it's just not. And I'm not being over overly critical because I'm a Star Wars fan. I, it's bad. It's just bad. It, it, you want to see how to do a redemption arc? Watch Hawkeye. Yeah. You know, he lost his shit and became a murderer of criminals. He became the punisher for all intents and purposes. Yep. And he's trying to put that past behind him. And then the outfit shows up on TV and now he feels obligated to take care of it because it was his problem. He's the one that created this. Yeah. And it was done so well, just yeah. so well. And then you get Book of Boba and it's just like, ugh. It's so bad. It's so clumsy. It feels like it's written by a 14-year-old. But even my 14-year-old would be like, no, that's dumb. I think think the problem is they had this kind of sketched out idea, and now they're trying to kind of lay it out over all these episodes. They rushed it. And and it's it's a it is I'll, I'll I'll even though I'm defending it more than you are I'll I'll readily admit it's a little bit thin, um it's and it is kind of clumsy and it is kind of slow. And, and why do we need of, why do we need a redemption arc for this character? Is this a character we want to see redeemed to turn into a good guy? I would argue no. Here's what this ep- this is what I was hoping it was going to be, and I was I should have known better. What the book of Boba Fett should have been is the first episode is how he gets out and how the sand people rescue him. Right. And in the same episode, he gets to the one girl saves her life. Now they're a team. Mm-hmm. All of the next episodes is each episode is a different bounty. They're going after. Well, I don't, that would have been that. good. I think, I mean, we already have it. You know, he he was rescued. He was adopted by the Sam people, and then then his Sam people family were murdered. Yeah, they should have done effectively John Wick in Star Wars. It yeah. should have been just him going and saying, "I'm going to find everybody responsible for this, right? And I'm going to kill I'm them, screw them." Yeah. But I'm instead, gonna... he's like, "Well, what I learned from them, I'm going to take with me, and I'm going to be co- stupid. Yeah. It makes no sense, and it's out of the. It it doesn't make any sense at all. So." I still think Bounty of the Week would have been way better. They could have gone all over the place. It's not like they have to stay on Tatooine because of a budget and, you know, they can't make all the CGI for all these different planets. Mando's already proved they can do that because they're shooting on the same stage, same technology. So Bounty of the Week, show us some cool new stuff and a subplot going through it. Han Solo or something. That he's going to see if he, he, he has to, the one bounty that got away from him, Han Solo. Although it didn't, because he did capture Han Solo, and he did deliver him to Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. So there's no unfinished business there. Some people yeah, said, no, well, never. why why did he fly away at the end of Mando? Because it was Luke Sky, or no, actually it was Han Solo that hit his jetpack and made him go. So he does have beef with Solo. Although he yeah. doesn't know who did it. Yeah, but but again, I think I, and they could have had him go off the hut because of what Jabba did to him. Even though what did I, Jabba I, I do never, to him? I never un- well, I I never understood in Return of the Jedi why he was even still there. Yeah, he captured the Solo, he captured, and then he's just there. He drop he drop Han Solo off, and then that'd be it. He'd yeah. go off and go and do something else. But he was still in the palace purely so that he could get. Um, beaten up by Luke and uh, and shot shot by a blind heart. He didn't get beaten up, up by the... Luke. He was getting the best of Skywalker. Yeah, but the, he ends up in the Sarlacc pit. Was it, I'm trying to remember how it happens. Was that? Um... He's got his back to Han Solo, who turns around with the thing and hits his jetpack, and right. then it lights off and he flies into the Sarlacc pit. So technically, it was Solo's fault, but Solo was he got taken out by a blind dude. Yeah, which was stupid. Uh, even then, I was like, nah. But, yeah, but as I said, he he shouldn't have even been there. You know, they only put him in there because he was popular in the Empire movie. Exactly. And they and they wanted to uh, finish him off. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, and I I agree that the Sardak pit wouldn't have killed him. I mean, he's still in his armor. He'd have got out, and he did. And they showed how they did it. And they, I saw a cut where um, who's that one comedian? Ugh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. He was in Parks and Recreation for one episode. And he's doing a filibuster. So he's talking about how Boba Fett survived. Mm-hmm. And they do his voiceover over the scenes in this show. Mm-hmm. And he did the whole hand arm coming out, clawing his way out, everything. It was yeah. perfect. So, okay, so he's. I, this is a bad story. It's bad writing. The, the, the set design is awful. 
it's just there's a couple there's a couple things I like about it the the badass Wookie that he's yeah. pretty cool um the huts showing up saying well no this is actually our place I, I don't know why they left they're like okay there's only a couple of them there take just shoot them what are you waiting for <laughs> and here's the other problem and you said this earlier and I, I said this to Cole he started laughing so every time they want to talk to someone they go to that person instead of them coming whereas Jabba's not going to the mayor he's making the mayor come down so they all go to the mayor right all four of them there's no one in the palace the Jawas just freaking move in and lock the doors they get back they're like ah shit didn't you lock the door freaking now we got a Jawa infection well, apparently you can protect the palace so that nobody can get in when you're not there oh but trust me there, there's an infestation there, of Jawas can get in there if they want to they can come on yeah, it's just it's, it's so nonsensical yeah. and well, stupid. Well, again, this is to me the the scenes in the palace um, smack of a lack of budget. You know, they needed they need yeah. It makes more sense of a palace to be full of people. Um, and Jabba, when he was there, he had a whole load of people there. Well, um, and it, and it I, I wish you would have seen episode four. Is all I'm going to say. So let's move off of uh, the book of Boba. Um, I'm going to talk about buying an iPad for a second. So, getting uh, Julie's mom a new iPad. She's got my old, I think it's my second or third generation iPad. Right. Pretty old one. I have my original, but I gave her that one when I replaced it. And uh, she likes it. She's been using it for a long time, but it's quite old. Mm -hmm. And so, we bought her a new iPad. Figuring out which iPad to get now is not easy. And then once you pick one, good luck trying to figure out which freaking case fits it. Well, that that is a problem. But I, I, in terms of picking an iPad, uh, to me, it's pretty simple. Well, that was easy because I just picked the base model yeah. iPad, the, the thirty-two the en- gigs. It was the entry level three twenty-nine or something, yeah, which has been improved a couple of times since they established it at that yep. price point. The cheap one is great value. Um, and it does everything that 90% of the people who use an iPad want to do. The so, problem is, if you want to get accessories for it, we want to get her a case. Good. Uh, can you just name it something different every year? Yeah. At least with the iPhone, they're like, this is the iPhone 13, this is the iPhone 12. Yeah. This is the iPad. Oh, okay, so which case do I get? Oh, I, I don't know. Was it last year's iPad or the year before? Is it the new one? What, what's the new one called? iPad. Apple has just dropped a ball on this. It's just awful. I, I do, I do completely agree with you on this. I think um, having uh, so here we go. So I, I recently bought a new case for Leanne for her iPad, and even though I bought it for her, I had to stop and think about which model it was. Exactly. Again, it's it's an entry level model. It's a three twenty nine one, but I knew we got one with larger storage, but I couldn't remember exactly when we bought it. Uh, and therefore, that depends on exactly which model it is to make sure you get a case that fits. Yep. And and I had the same problem. I ended up going through my email because I bought yep. it. It was a refurb, so I bought it direct from Apple. Um, and I went through my email and I found out when I bought it. And that told me which generation it was. And then you can go searching on Amazon. Uh, and as long as you're careful... Um, and make sure that it matches the generation you got, and it's all right. But isn't your, I agree with you. It's not easy, and I would imagine there's an awful lot of people buying and returning cases that don't fit. Yeah, it's frustration, and it actually will long-term move people off the platform if there's ever a serious competitor to the iPad. Because there's not right now. There is nothing else out there like the iPad that's as popular. There's yeah. nothing. But, uh, well, I, I sent you a text earlier in the week where I was particularly frustrated with my iPad. And I've got to be honest, for a, probably a couple of hours, I was thinking, you know what, maybe I should just get rid of this and not use it anymore. Most of the stuff I do on my iPad now, I could ease, because the phones are bigger, I could easily do on a big phone. Yeah. In fact, I do that. I replaced, I used to have an, uh, an iPad mini that I kept upstairs in the bedroom that I only used at night. And I replaced that with um, a used uh, iPhone XS Max. Um, and I'm really happy with that. And to me, it's a bit easier to use than the, the iPad mini. Um, and my I think problem with it is it doesn't... I, I use my iPad all the time, but it's to play games on or read on. Yeah. or 
and I don't watch video on it because I'll do that on the TV or the computer. Yeah. I don't check my email because I'll do that on the computer or my phone. Yeah. It, it's a weird spot for a product. And yeah. it, it it's still so clumsy to use for anything well, beyond is, yeah. consumption. Because people will say, well, you can get the pen and you can get the keyboard. Just buy a freaking portable Mac at that point. Well, this is this is precisely the thought that went completely through my head. I have, obviously, as, as you, you and I both, we have a lot of computers. Yeah. Now, I have, um, I have the Surface Go that's effectively an iPad form factor, but it's a Windows PC, right? And I have the keyboard for it. And I basically, I tend to use that if I'm popping out to a coffee shop and some of that, I want to keep working. And I'll take that rather than my work laptop with me because it's so much more portable, yeah? But the thing is, even though I have an iPad, I would, would not take the iPad to do that sort of thing because I know in work that I'll bump into the iPad limitations. And when you get into that space, a lot of the time you can do things, but you just have... To, it's like doing things with one hand tied behind your back. Exactly. It takes so much longer yeah. to do basics. Just copy and paste, for God's sakes. It's well, even that... So, the thing I sent you during the week, I was trying to print a label. Right. Uh, a postage label. And I went to print it from my iPad, and it had a, it was an eBay label, and it, I I printed it at four by six because I have the sticky labels that are exactly the right size. And what the iPad did is it printed it um, as if it was an A4 page on the four by six. So I, I got a tiny little label in one corner of the four by six label. And now it turns out when I because I I sent that to you and said God I hate the iPad. Why does it make everything so difficult? Yep. You know, it turns out that actually, to be fair, that wasn't Apple's fault. It wasn't the iPad's fault. It was actually eBay's fault. They were sending the um, sticker out in that format. Um, and uh, something about the way they were building the PDF meant it was coming like that. And it, it, even when I tried to print it on a PC, it did exactly the same thing. But the difference is, is on the PC, it was trivial for me to open up that PDF, crop it down to the right size and reprint it at the right size. Now to do that, as did it as an experiment, to do the same on the iPad took me three times as long. Yep. Yeah. Because first of all, you need to have a p a piece of PDF software that that can do that because the native stuff in the iPad can't. Right. Then you need to be able to send the um, label you've downloaded to that piece of software, which is not easy. And then once you've got it in there and you've got now got another copy of it because can't possibly work on the existing file that's in the file system and good luck trying to find it in the file system because the files app on the ipad makes it so hard to figure out where stuff is and whether it's in icloud or whether it's on your ipad or whether it's in another app or all that sort of thing so having done that and cropping it then you you then have to go through the print dialogue on the ipad that is still clunk as hell compared to a pc or mac yeah so so um, here's how you could have done it a lot easier Open the label on the iPad, take a screenshot. Now it's a picture. Crop yeah, but, it down and then print. But 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 that's that's exactly the point. Yeah, that you got to go through why have exactly why get a device that's going to make it harder to do basic exactly. stuff. Yeah, and, and I know, know there's going to be apologists for it. Guy Searle's a great example. He does you know all of the yeah. stuff on the iPad, which is great. Except I can do it ten times faster than you exactly. can, guy on my Mac. Yeah. So and, why bother? And also as well, you know what. Well, my thinking about this is, so the the uh, I have an iPad Air, which is the most recent iPad Air. So it's not quite as powerful as an M1 chip, but it's not far away, yeah. And I have this huge processor in the, my iPad that I can do very little with because yep. of the iPad software. Yeah. The latest iPad Pros have M1s in. They are effectively the same as the Macs, and it, yet they're in the same position. Yeah. So if you're going to spend that sort of money, you know, close to a thousand dollars on a device, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. Why not? Why not just buy the Mac? Just get a Mac or a PC. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, and well, that Surface Go is nowhere near as powerful uh, as my. But iPad you're way is. more productive on it, but aren't you? You could be more productive on it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, I think you talked about this because I mentioned this in uh, Facebook, but for whatever reason, I didn't listen to you. But I've been watching <laughs> what we do in the shadows. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny and good. Uh, have you seen Have you seen the original movie? Uh, for same characters. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. No. So, so right. So it was originally done as. So this is. Um, let's explain to to listeners who aren't familiar with this. This is uh, 
this was a show, a, a movie originally that was done by the people behind Flight of the Concords, including, um, you know, very big in the geek space now, Taika Waititi, who is the uh, guy who um, did Thor, um, not Love and Thunder, the Thor Ragnarok. Well, he's doing Love and Thunder too. He's doing Love and Thunder as well. Yeah. Um, and he's done, well, he, he's now popping up in all sorts. Of, I'm pretty sure he directed some of The Mandalorian. He did. Yeah. Okay, so this guy is, you know, he's got real geek cred. He's very, very funny. He's got great sensibilities, yeah? And he was the writer of What We Do in the Shadows. And What We Do in the Shadows, the original movie is about what would happen if you had a group of real gothic vampires who lived in suburban uh, suburban New Zealand town, right? How would they live? And and it's done, the, the, the original one is done as kind of a, a reality show documentary almost like you know a handheld camera documentary and it's so funny because they have these guys who you know want to be the uh, they are you know gothic vampires they have a, a guy in the basement who never comes out who's like who's real or like he's a, the old vampire who sired them and he's like Nosferatu yeah and then they have uh, you know servants who want to be vampires and then they have a beef with the werewolves and the werewolves are all like you know bike uh, like uh, biker dude dicks it's so funny and then and because of the success of the movie they then spun it off into a tv series that is hilarious absolutely hilarious i have to and watch the movie too yeah. yeah but the, mo- the movie's the, very good as well yeah the the yeah. tv show is just killing me yeah. there, the the scene that got me that hooked me on i think it's like the third episode of season one like you said they have beef with the werewolves <laughs> and they meet on the roof of an abandoned circuit city to, to resolve their differences. And the werewolves, for their champion, picks this great big dude who transforms into a werewolf. And they're like, pick your weapons. And they're like, tooth and claw. And this guy's massive. He's going to tear apart the vampire. So the vampire goes over to the chest of tool or of uh, weapons. And he's running his hands over the swords and the daggers and stuff like that. And he pulls out something, which you can't tell what it is at first. Until all the werewolves are like, no, that's cheating. You can't do that. And he squeezes it, and it's a squeaky toy. And he pitches it over the roof. And, of course, the werewolf, he's a dog, chases it, jumps off the roof, and messes himself up. I died laughing. I was laughing so hard. That scene is so damn funny. You can uh, do just yeah. do a werewolves, uh, what we do in the shadows, rooftop, and you'll find it. Oh, it's, it's so funny. This is a, this is a, it's, it. Really is a great show. It's it very is. very clever. I like the vamp the uh, Council of Vampires where they literally went out and got anybody that was famous <laughs> to play in this, and they well, they went even even got Wesley Snipes. To, yeah, to, it's uh, well. It, this is the thing. It's got lots of horror references. Yes, um, because these guys are very well connected in Hollywood. They can convince people to come and be in this show. Um, and uh, they got yeah, the it, they got the one girl from uh, the one big movie thing. What's her name? I can't think of her name. But they got her. They got um, Rodriguez's Mexicans guys. They were yeah. vampires. They were. Yeah. It's so good. They get. Yeah. Oh, he's and of course he doesn't have a shirt on. We love your yeah. Mexican tattoos. And that was also, so yeah, good. They also hire an awful lot of very very funny comedians to play yes. some of these roles. So these people really kind of Paul, can hit the comedy. Pee Wee Herman is in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just brilliant. It's it so is. if you haven't seen this show, it's on Hulu. Yeah. All the episodes are. Unfortunately, the movie, at least in the U.S., is a paid movie. You have to watch on Amazon. I'll see if I can find it elsewhere. But it's super good. You guys got to watch it. It's, uh, it's and, yeah. And as I said, I told you about this two two three years ago. Yeah, so I don't you listen watch to you. This show and you just ignored me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to do some house cleaning and get to our feedback. We got a, a real good email from uh, uh, Joe. Um, but first, we did something, and we've only done it once, and we keep meaning to go back to it. And that was David and I would pick our favorite theme songs or music from TV shows or movies. And we had an entire episode where we picked, I think, three or four things each. And we kind of we played a snippet from them, and then we talked about it. And we keep meaning to go back to it, although, to be fair and blunt, David has never added more themes to the to no, the I notes. Have, I have, have a whole but, list. But yeah. I've never put them in the notes. So we keep wanting to go back to that, but instead, the idea is 
moving forward with Geeks Pub, not Tech Fan, obviously, but with Geeks Pub, we're going to play at the beginning of each episode. We're going to intro that episode with a snippet of a movie or a TV show theme, discuss it briefly at the beginning, why whoever picked it, whether it's David or I, and then we'll start the regular show. So we're going to bring that back, but it's going to be regular part of the show. I mean, it takes a little bit more editing on my end instead of the traditional five minutes that I use to put together the show. But um, I don't care because I, I, I really do want to get back to this. I think it's fun and uh, yep. cool stuff. And so that's what we're going to do my, moving forward. My, pick, my first pick will be the first one we do, just to prove that I do have a list. It's, you gotta got to give me the thing so I can steal the music and uh, put it I in. I can do that. I yeah. can do that. So um, go ahead and let's read the uh, email from Joseph or Joe. Yeah. So Joe said, uh, I don't know if it's Joe or Joseph, um, but he said, enjoyed the chats on the vintage toys of the past. Here's some standouts from me. A few that I discovered are still made, but taken over. Um, now, yeah, the, the link doesn't work for me. The link doesn't work for me either. No. So, hmm. uh, oh, hang on a minute. I can think I can see one. Let me see if I can. Uh, I did the S in there too, and it didn't work for me. Yeah, but there's a space. Yeah, I, I think I, I fixed the S. I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. Let me just see if I can uh, do this incredibly interesting podcast thing of messing with no, the phone. No, it didn't work with me. I got rid of the uh, S and no, it still no, doesn't. It's, it's just come up with nothing in Amazon for me. So I don't know what that one is. So get back to us, Joseph, and let us know what it, or what it was. Uh, um, but the next one was uh, a Capsella. Yeah. And it was uh, the Capsella 250. It was the Science Discovery Kit. Where it came with, you know, gears and levers and you could build things with it. It's, yes, it's kind of like a mix between... It's a construction toy. Construction. It's it's a bit like the um, a Lego Advanced that you can buy. You know, with you know, the, one, the one that you sell where you can make sports cars and things like that. It had all the gears and everything in it. It looks a little bit like that, but it's... Um, they also have pre-molded pieces and wires and things like that. It looks pretty um, cool. It does look very cool. One of the things I used to do, in fact, when I mentioned to my to my mum that we talked about the toys, because um, she often asked me what we talked about on the show, um, she reminded me that actually they did buy me an electric motor for my Lego that I did build moving toys with. Um, that you forget, you've forgotten about it, yeah. I'd forgotten about it, but yes, she, 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 obviously she's right because she remembers buying it for me, but I, then, then I remembered using it. I used to build windmills and... All sorts of things. It was, compared to technical Lego, it was very, very simple, but it was kind of cool. Uh, and this very much reminds me of that because I can, I'm seeing in the picture here that we've got... Um, well, there's there's a new version of it. It's called the iKey Perfect 1000. It's a STEM education assembly toys. It's 100 bucks on Amazon right now. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it doesn't look like it's really all that more sophisticated than the older one. And it looked like it'd be pretty fun. You know? Yeah, these modern ones now, this one can, and you can get... I think Lego themselves do a, a version a little, of this now, where yeah. you, can, you can program for it, you can hook it up to a smartphone or a computer, and you can write instructions for it, for it as well, which is a little bit like the big track we talked about, you know, which um, used to be able to program for controls into it from the keypad on the top yep. to make it go places. Yeah. Of course, these... These things now you can you can build little robots and then you can program them to make them do what you want. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. If you've got if you've got a kid who's technically minded, um, right up your alley. Yeah, uh, definitely something that they they would enjoy. He also put in. Um, he might need to find a Coleco to get a Zaxxon fix. Add an Atari adapter to get Barnstorming, River Raid, and Kaboom. Um, I yeah, I would agree with that because well, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily buy the original Coleco. I'd buy a, um, one of these one of these um, things that allows you to play those games. You know, the uh, RG three five one stuff like that, that that lets you run these things in emulators. Because then you can have them all in one unit. Yeah, and you can all, yeah. and quite honestly, just buy a classic USB controller that you could plug into your computer, and yep. you can play every one of these games online. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. The the problem with the old consoles uh, and you can take this from somebody who I do a lot of messing around with old vintage hardware the difficulty nowadays is that quite apart from getting the hardware working properly 
particularly with the controllers, but also there's this ongoing problem with these capacitors inside the power supplies and the machines. That means that they often need quite a bit of electrical work before they work properly. The real problem is getting them to display on something because we don't have... Um, yeah, there's a, there's there's tons of adapters nowadays. Yeah, you, go no, on. But you know what? But it's really hard, uh, and then you went you often end up actually really struggling it's, it's, to get it working properly. Not, not really. There's some adapters out there. They've taken care of this problem, David. Really? Yeah. ColecoVision. Yeah, it's just an RF signal. Oh yeah. Look, the problem RF. It looks terrible. Well, that's really a different. That's a that's a different problem entirely, which is why I suggest just playing them on a web browser yeah, if you exactly. have to. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Geeks Pub. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'd love to get feedback from you, just from you, just like Joe did. You can email us at the show at geekspubpodcast.com. You can always send us um, a message on Facebook or Twitter. You just need to look for Tech Fan. We're not doing a, a separate feed for this show. It's just all under Tech Fan. And of course, you can go to mymac.com, the flagship, and leave a comment there as well because every episode is posted at mymac. David, I will see you in two in uh, one week for Tech Fan and two weeks for Geeks Pub, where you're going to supply some cool music for us. I am. See you then. See you then.